Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. Here's a question for you. How many things can you do with money? A thousand? A million? A billion? Or would you believe four? I am Rob West. That's right. There are really only four things you can do with money, and tracking them is a great way to assess your financial health. I'll talk about that with Sharon Epps today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a treat to have my friend and colleague, Kingdom Advisors President Sharon Epps on the program. Sharon, great to have you with us. Thanks, Rob. Now, you're here today, Sharon, to explain just how it is that you can only do four things with money, because I'm sure by now a lot of folks are curious. So let's dive into exactly what we're talking about. Well, you're right. There's only four things that we can do with money. We can live, give, owe, and grow. Pretty memorable. Live, give, owe, and grow. And we like to illustrate live, give, owe, grow as a pie. So think about a pie for a minute. Um, Perhaps think about what happened when your brother cut a big old piece of a pie at your grandma's house. You got less, right? Right. There was a limited amount that the pie would cover, and it always would add to 100%. And when he got more, that meant you got less. Well, the same is true with our finances. When you cut a bigger piece of the live slice, Hmm. the remaining give, oh, grow pieces have to be smaller. So if we spend more on our lifestyle or the live piece of the pie, it reduces the amount available for giving, paying debt, or saving. In fact, the live, give, ogro pie principle works whether you have $10,000, $100,000, or a million dollars in income. Right. Your pie may be larger or smaller than someone else's, but the pieces should never exceed 100% if you're going to achieve financial health. Yeah, that's really helpful and a great visual. The pie's only so big, and if you make one piece bigger, the others have to get smaller. And really what that comes down to is competing priorities for our income, right? That's exactly right. Now, let's remind ourselves of biblical principles. I always like to start here. Okay. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Yeah. Or as we like to say, God owns it all. That's right. Our role is to be wise stewards of the entire live, give, oh, grow pie. And the question that I frequently ask is, what would God have me do with his money? Yes. And each of us need to determine our personal convictions on this issue. We talk about that a lot on Faith and Finance. And a personal conviction is a well-thought-out and prayerfully determined decision between you, your spouse, and the Lord. 
And so God doesn't tell us a specific amount of money that we should spend on living expenses, or we can call them lifestyle expenses. But we do have guidance from biblical principles and from other people who have been wise money managers. And it's helpful to have some indicators along the way that will help you avoid the pitfalls of poor lifestyle decision making. Yeah. So if this is something we work out between us and God, having some of those indicators can be really helpful. So what are some of those so that I I know my living expenses are maybe in a healthy range. Well, we've observed that living expenses are the ones that are oftentimes the most difficult to control. There's always one more thing we need or want to buy for the house, one more club soccer payment, more new clothes for the kids, etc. However, we have found that within those living expenses, there's three key categories that are indicators of financial health in this live slice of the pie. And those three categories are our housing, our car, and our food. In fact, we call these categories the big three. (laughs) After counseling with thousands of families, we found that if the big three are out of control, then it's very difficult to follow the biblical principle of spending less than you earn so that you can build margin. Yeah, and simply, and we'll unpack this more after the break, but at a high level, how would we know if our big three are out of control? Well, we've learned it's very difficult to have balance in your live, give, oh, grow pie chart if the big three, your house, car, and food expenses, exceed 65% of your take-home pay. In fact, I would say you're in the red zone if you're over 65%. All right. So we're going to talk after the break about how you actually determine your big three percentage, because as Sharon said, one of the biggest areas that cause problems in financial management is the live area of your pie. And if these three are more than 65%, your house, your car, and your food expenses, it's going to be really challenging to balance the rest of the budget. We'll unpack this more with Sharon Epps, president of Kingdom Advisors, just around the corner. And then your calls, the number 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. Did you know there's only four things you can do with money? That is live, give, owe, and grow. That's right. Seemingly endless decisions about money can be boiled down to those four. Hi, I'm Rob West. I'm joined today by Sharon Epps, my colleague here at Kingdom Advisors. Sharon serves as president of Kingdom Advisors, and she joins us today to talk about a specific area of those four, the live category. And Sharon, just before the break, you were saying that the big three can really create 
create the most problems when it comes to balancing the budget. So just recap that for us. Well, the big three are your housing expenses, your car expenses, and your food. And just a reminder, it keeps this whole live, give, oh, grow pie in sync or in financial health when your big three are also healthy because they represent such a big portion of whatever size pie that you have. So let's talk about the big three percentage. How do I how do I get that? I mentioned before the break that I'm in the red zone if those are over 65 percent of my take home pay. Well, how do I how do I figure that out? Yes. So let, let me unpack that for just a minute. First of all, uh, when we talk about housing, it's not just your mortgage payment. We want to include all the expenses related to your house. So your electric bill, your water bill, any of those expenses that are directly attributable to your house will go into this housing category. Okay. And then secondly, the same goes for your car. It's not just a car payment if you have one, but it would also include your gas and your insurance expenses as well. Yeah. So total housing plus total transportation, and then your total food expense add together to be your big three. Now, we promise you don't have to do too much math here. Uh, We'll try to keep it pretty simple. But basically, house plus car plus food, that total, and then I just divide it by my monthly household net income. So you don't have to worry about taxes or any of that, but just whatever your take-home pay is, um, you would that would be the denominator of that equation. And I do have one helpful hint for you okay. here. If you're a FaithFi app user, yeah. this gets really simple because all you have to do, if you're using the envelope portion of the app, you just take the sum of your housing, transportation, and food envelopes, and you've got your number. I so it's it. a really quick uh, calculation. And so I mentioned the red zone, and I think it's helpful to use a stoplight and those yeah. colors to give you some health indicators. And so if your big three are greater than 65% of your take-home pay, like we talked about, you're in the red zone. If they're between, let's say, 55 and 65% of your take-home pay, I would just call that the yellow zone. Some caution might be required. Yeah. And then if it's less than 55% of your take-home pay, you're probably in the green zone and pretty comfortable. Yeah, this is really helpful and I know can give a really important indicator as to where we're at with that live portion uh, of our spending. So Sharon, obviously the next question is then what do I do if I find myself in the red zone? Well, first of all, let me emphasize, this is simply an indicator and not a score. The red zone's just like a stoplight. It says it's time to stop and perhaps ask yourself some questions. So a few of those questions would be, do I own more house than I can afford? Um, perhaps mm. I've purchased uh, larger or in a more expensive market, and that's contributing to me being in the red zone. Have I purchased cars that are more expensive than I really need? And are there things that I'm doing that I could control food expenses? So those are some questions that you can stop and ask yourself when you find yourself in this red zone. And I might add just one note. Sure. I realize there's areas of the country where these big three, particularly housing, are more challenging to stay in control. And so you may have to be a little bit more creative. But the whole point is 
um, it's not a legislation that you can't go over 65. We're just saying when you're over 65, it's hard to balance the rest. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Now, obviously, food would be a little easier to right size, going to be a little more challenging with your car. And then, of course, with your house may require some more planning. And yet, if there's a glaring indicator that says, I've got a problem balancing my budget, it may come to selling a house or a car, right? It has before. But there's even some other creative solutions. Um, We uh, have listeners that have started driving Uber to get more value out of their car. We have listeners that have opened up their home, um, perhaps in a season when they're away from the home, uh, using it for Airbnb or perhaps having an in-law suite up over a garage that they could rent out. Yeah. So there's not just one solution. And part of tackling this is getting creative on how do I solve this red zone issue. And I think the reason that that's so critical is is that these decisions have a long-term impact. In fact, Larry Burkett, who was a mentor to many of us, liked to say that every spending decision is a spiritual decision. And if we look at our financial transactions, it really helps us see what our priorities are. Yeah, Let's take that one step further. Some folks may be listening saying, how are my daily decisions on spending at the grocery store and on my, uh, you know, no matter what decisions I'm making, how are those ultimately a reflection of where I'm at spiritually? I think that is a great question. And really, it helped. the pie is the best illustration to help you see that. Anytime I make a decision to spend on my family, I'm investing in my family. But when I go beyond that to wants and desires, it also has an opportunity cost that it may mean that I have less to give. It may mean that I have less to pay off debt. And so the reason that this pie visual is so helpful is it helps us realize the more we do in one area, it restricts less. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we just have to remember it's God's money, and we have to ask him what he wants us to do with it. Oh, that's such good advice. Well, Sharon, I'm convinced, and if our listeners are too, what can they do to really determine whether they're in the red, yellow, or green zone in this area? Well, I'm grateful that at Faith and Finance, we have a free assessment to help you better understand your big three live category. In fact, you can simply go to faithfi.com slash live and you'll find a simple assessment that you can take as well as really helpful content to help take you on your next step to move that red back down to yellow and green. That's great. So they can just head to faithfi.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E, and uh, take that quick assessment and see where their big three are. And then the key is that gives you the tools to make some decisions. And obviously, if you're married, Sharon, you need to get on the same page with your spouse about this, right? Yeah, you absolutely do. And we also want you to know that if the tools and if the content isn't enough, please contact us because we can help put you with someone who will help you work through your individual situation. Yeah. Uh, The key, though, is if these areas are in order, it's going to make it that much easier to take the rest of the pie and really use it according to your values and priorities, right? 
It is. And I'd love to tease forward a little bit because in future weeks and months, we'll come back and talk about the other parts of the pie and ways you can assess your health there as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, Sharon, I really appreciate you stopping by today. You know, this is where the rubber meets the road. And I know you've counseled with hundreds and hundreds of families. And when we get this area right and we can have some margin and we're giving according to our values, it just has a ripple effect throughout every other area of our life, including our walk with the Lord, right? And it results in the peace and the contentment that the Lord would have for us. Oh, that's so good. Well, thanks for stopping by today and bringing these insights to us today. You're welcome. That's Sharon Epps, president of Kingdom Advisors. If you want to learn more about your big three and even get your financial health indicator, you can do that at faithfi.com forward slash live, faithfi.com forward slash L-I-V-E. Back with much more just around the corner. We'll be right back. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. We're back. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time. As we head into our calls and questions, I want to take a moment to ask you if you've downloaded the FaithFi app. You can use it on your desktop or your mobile device. All right, let's head to the phones. By the way, if you have a question, just call 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. To New York we go. Hi, Judy. Go right ahead. I have one daughter. And I figure I'll make it simple for her. So I did a quick deed claim and put her name on the deed. And I put her the beneficiary for all my bank accounts and my life insurances, just to make it simple for her. Um, then I, by listening to you, I heard I should have done a trust fund for her so that she didn't have to pay taxes on the condo. Am I right? Yeah. And so you've already done the quick claim deed. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the challenge with that is then she is going to inherit your cost basis, uh, which basically just means once she goes to sell the property, either after your life or you all decide to sell it together, but let's say she holds on to it and somewhere down the road after you've gone home to be with the Lord, she sells it, uh, the, the capital gains is going to be determined based on your original purchase price. Um, if you would have passed it to her as a, through an inheritance, whether that's through a trust or just a basic will or a transfer on death deed, then she gets the stepped up basis. So, 
the cost basis for determining capital gains would be stepped up to the market value as of the date of your death. So unfortunately, when you when you do that quick claim deed, that's going to mean that she inherits your cost basis. So she'll just have some additional taxes to pay um, when she sells it. That's the reason why we typically don't want to do that. Um, but if, if that's already done, then that's kind of behind us. And I think from this point forward, you just, as you've been doing, just make sure all your, your will is current, your beneficiaries are current, and then, you know, you're ready. Whenever the Lord takes you home, uh, you know, you'll efficiently pass the rest of your assets to her. Hopefully that helps you. We appreciate your call, Judy. Thanks for your kind remarks and for listening to the program every day. We appreciate it. It's a Lake Worth, Florida, WRMB. Hi, Sandra. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for all the knowledge that you provided. I really appreciate that. And I do apply some of them that I remember. But anyway, let me ask my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. um, I've been filing tax for a while now, but this year I filed my tax. And uh, my tax was rejected. They told me because um, um, it shows that I have insurance with the government through Obamacare, which I never do. I never apply for any um, health insurance through the government. Um, I have insurance through my job. I just don't know what to do. I've been calling RS, but I don't. I can't find nobody to talk with. So I don't know what else to do. I called up the the. The insurance place is called Marketplace. They told me that they're going to put in an, an investigation, but that's all they told me. I haven't heard anything yet. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would definitely get some uh, professional assistance with that. Um, you know, you... Yeah, I'm a little confused by that. I mean, it, normally when we hear about this, somebody's surprised by a rejection, a lot of times it's because they're saying they've already received a return. Unfortunately, this is on the rise, and that would be where somebody steals your Social Security number and files a fraudulent return to receive your refund, and then when you try to file e-file, it would be rejected. Um, but, you know, if that's not the case, and, and there's a, another reason why the uh, the return is being rejected, it's probably because there's a missing form on there. Uh, you know, failure to report health coverage uh, will result in a, a rejected return, and that might be what's going on here. So did you file this yourself, or did you have somebody do that for you? No, I went to professionals. Um, they always file my tax every year. They've been, I've been filing with them for like five years now, and that's the first okay. time this happened. And she asked me, do okay. I have health insurance with the government? I told her no. I've been, All right. Yeah. So that's one of the benefits of, of using somebody to file on your behalf is that uh, you can chase down these problems and let them do the work for you and find out why it was rejected and what the issue is and get this resolved. So uh, I would just wait for her to get the information for you and she should be able to help you rectify the situation. That's why I call you guys, because she told me she can't. I'm the one I have to do the, the research. So thank God okay. you guys me, but... <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Unfortunately, I'm not a CPA and I don't wouldn't uh, be able to, to do this digging for you. You really need somebody who can take the rejection information and help you understand exactly why it was rejected. And if there's a, something that's incorrect with regard to why the government is saying they can't, why the IRS is saying they can't accept it, uh, what you need to do to rectify it. And unfortunately, that's not something we can do over the radio. That really requires a tax professional. So I would kick this back to them and say, listen, this is why I'm paying you. I need you to help me resolve this. Where do I go from here to be able to 
prove, you know, whether or not uh, this rejection is appropriate and and get this rectified. Uh, If you need a second opinion, you can reach out to a certified kingdom advisor in your area, and you can find one on our website at faithfi.com. I'm sorry, though, Sandra. I know this is frustrating, and uh, hopefully uh, with some help of a competent professional, you can get to the bottom of it. We appreciate your call today. Uh, Let's head to Chicago. Hi, Debbie. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, If you're going to buy a car, is it better to borrow money out of your like 401k or uh, when you can like take a loan out and that way you're paying back interest to yourself? Or is it best to let that money keep working for you towards your retirement and just get a car loan? Yeah. You know, even though rates are up right now on loans, I still like the idea of you uh, borrowing uh, for the car purchase as little as you possibly can, paying it off as quick as you can, but but not taking it from the 401k. I understand why that might sound appealing, because as you said, you're taking your own money out. You can put it back in through paying it back and you're paying interest to yourself. The problem is the whole idea of putting it in there is so that it can be growing for the future. So you're missing out on that compounded growth while the money's out. Not only that, but right now you're pulling it out during a time when the market's down and we don't know when it's going to recover, but you want that money in there so that it can recover when the market does, even though it will likely go down more before it goes up. And then thirdly, if for some reason, for any reason, you separated from the company, now all of a sudden that's all taxable to you, plus a penalty if you're less than 59 and a half. So I think for those reasons, as much as I don't like to pay any interest, um, you know, I would borrow the money uh, collateralized by the car itself and then just try to pay it back as quick as you can. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Very good. We appreciate your call. Well, we're almost out of time. If you like today's program, why not share it with a friend? And while you're at it, share the FaithFi app with them as well. Help us get the word out. Thanks for listening and sharing. And I hope you'll come back and join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.